Pickaxe. All right, you good to go? Ah, I don't have a thing. I need to think of a thing. Do you need a moment, Chris? Garbage boy. I was just just going to say piece (laughs) of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking loser. Just go with that. Just just human trash. Just go with that. I feel like you've had that one. You had garbage bag last week or trash bag. Yeah, I'll try try and put a spin on it. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pitch Please, the podcast where people who play games pitch ideas to people who make them. We've got an extra special pitch this week for you, but I'll get into that in a minute. Tom, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well, Alex. I'm doing great. How are you? I never ask. There was a helicopter outside my house for like an hour about one o'clock in the morning last night. There was a huge accident uh, and it's driven me. So that's why I'm drinking coffee right now. That's my story. I'm done. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What a a story. Is that the pitch? Helicopter, the game. Wouldn't play. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm Brunch Club developer and inspiration for the Pokemon Trubbish. Chris Yules. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, <laughs> Hopefully Alex keeps in the bit before the intro where we were talking about how you're going to put a spin on it. You're going to have to now. James, you're also here. Hello, I'm James, one of the two devs who made Drink More Glurp. Made, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Birth. You, sh- you sound less enthusiastic about that with every week that passes. Let's, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe next week it'll be like, well, hey guys, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> how is it? Welcome how to is the club. Like, we do have actual developers, maybe not many, but they listen to this podcast and probably lots of people who who haven't released something or who are just making something, playing around. What does it feel like, J- James, to having recently released a game? Where's your head? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was expecting this like euphoric, like it's done, but really didn't happen. It was really strange. Um, also, the lockdown didn't help. You know, I, I I wanted to do a big bash and like you know get everybody together, have a few drinks and celebrate, but we couldn't really do that. So it was kind of like I just watched Bree stream the game for like eight hours or something stupid. So I was like, cool. I mean, I guess you're, that, I guess you're that's in lockdown. There. You can you can bash if you want. There's no one around to watch. That's my next game. <laughs> but I guess is it part? Do you think it's part of that? Like, what, what is it that is probably misattributed? But like the George Lucas thing of like a film, like a film is never finished. It's just um, that's uh, right. Like yeah. you just give up on it and then release it. Like you just <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say we gave up on I'm it. Paraphrasing, <laughs> you didn't say that exactly. Well, they did. They did patch. They did patch cats. Really? Oh, of course, the butthole thing. Yeah. No, no, no. It was. Um, the butthole version, the butthole version is different. This was just improving the CG. Butthole version was was still pre-release. Release the butthole cut. <laughs> right, before we get too carried away by cat's buttholes, um, the reason this is the next question for this week is because for the first time, we are going to properly uh, look at uh, a, a viewer submission, a viewer pitch. And we've done this before. We've gone hole. through kind of like quick you know, quick one-liners or whatever. Uh, but this is the first, I, I, I got to be honest, like this is the first time we've actually had someone submit a proper big pitch to us. It's a big pitch. It's four pages, It's, it's Alex. a big one. So, and listen, called- I printed it out. <laughs> Look, can you hear that? Listen Look, to I, that. That's, I'm going through all four pages. Okay, so a couple of, uh, the other week, a guy called Shane tweeted us, um, which is uh, pitch please pod. H- how do you spell that, Tom? You spell it pitch plus pod, pitch please out the vowels, pod with the vowel. That's right. For and some that's reason. exactly what you guys can do if, if you also have some ideas. He said, uh, first of all, I, I wanted to thank you all 
and everyone else who's ever been on the show for producing quality content week in and week out. So he, he's buttering well, us up immediately, right? Yeah. yeah I'm, he's, I'm not uh, falling trying for to that scrape some brownie trick. points. Okay. I know how so, so already, uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like already he's kind of in our bad books, okay? So it's not a good start. Yeah, yeah. so straight away, not a good yeah, start. Yeah. You can't already appease us. Okay. Insult well, us before you pitch. <laughs> he then continues to say, I drive for a living. In the past month, I've been just every episode of Pitch, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I grew up with a love for games. Blah, 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 blah. My first passion was to be a game designer. Uh, he doesn't have like he's he's like rubbish at art and programming so his, yeah, he thinks his best chance is to be the <laughs> ideas guy right oh that's me he says I understand if there's a bit too much here but I'm very in depth when it comes to my ideas I provided a cheat sheet with bullet points to find the most important notes and mechanics and I tried to factor in an answer for every question I could think of okay this is so professional compared it's, to what we normally do yeah, normally Alex is, comes in and just says have you seen Lost make a game <laughs> <laughs> A lot right, of tiny so, houses. Tom, can can you oh, yeah. break this down? Like, we're going to go through it bit by bit, but like the initial just basic pitch idea. Can you can you reveal that to us, please, Tom? Uh, yeah, sure. So this is this has a name already, uh, which will change. Um, yeah, it will definitely change. Right. Coming to my house. <laughs> the name is War Room, right? Which is definitely going to change. So War Room by Shane, aka the King of Mushan. Yeah, uh, he does have a royalty. Twitter account, but it's it's a it's a lot of numbers and stuff. I'll link it, but I'm not going to say yeah. it out. <laughs> I mean, I so I googled where Mushan was, and I don't want to diminish his royalty at all. But it's like you can walk across it in like 30 minutes. It's in Albania. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thanks, King of Mushan, for your, for your pitch. Anyway, so the initial pitch. Imagine Total War, specifically the combat elements of Total War, commanding large forces by unit type and using military strategy to outwit your opponents. Now, this game is essentially that, but instead of being an omnipresent floating camera that can command troops on the fly, you're playing the game from the perspective of a general planning tactics and uh, strategy from the safety of his war room. The game is turn-based and you have a bird's eye view of the battlefield with each group of soldiers represented by a figurine or token. Basically, you give each group of soldiers their orders and as if you're communicating with a faraway battle, you wait until next turn to see how your enemy moves. But look out because your troops may not always do what you tell them. Mm. So time, time commanders, it's time commanders, the video game. No, Time Commanders, <laughs> they, they did that in Total War, didn't they? Yeah, but they yeah, still they had did. everyone around the battle table and then they fed the things to back to the like the people in... The, basically, there was a group of people who didn't know how to play video games and they told the people who understand how to play Total War where to move people. Because like, the, the Yorkscast the Yorks cast did a Warhammer version against yeah, Hatfields. Films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and th this was a show, right? It was just this is a TV one TV show. It's a British TV show, yeah. Richard Hammond presented it originally. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, not originally. And Greg Wallace uh, did a reboot. All right, he did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, That's Greg Wallace from MasterChef. Okay, so yeah. on, like in, in one, like, can you quickly explain what, what it? How does Time Commanders work? What, what is that TV show? It's people standing around a table. Okay, so it's, it's like this, basically. Yeah, so you used to uh, Time Commanders. Is anybody I can describe it? Is a bunch of history nerds were like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. I read about the Battle of Troy. I can do that. I can. I can make sure he doesn't lose because I know the mistakes <laughs> he made." That's my historian <laughs> voice. Yeah, nice. um, wow. very good. <laughs> it's very good. Very accurate. Mm. Um, so they 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 come in and they have a really stupid team name. It's normally like you know the Dudaseers or something like that because they're all men. <laughs> 
do the seers? They're trying to be like Boda seer. Was that a it's, real one or did you just make you that know up? What? <laughs> I think it is real. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then they stand around a table and they push the little blocks around. Joe with the long sticks that yeah, have the little flat bit on. They push them around that's like that. My and dream. They they relay it back to like some people playing on Total War on computers. Uh, and then they're like, oh, we're being flanked from the east by the cavalry. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. Send a flanking unit south. And they're it like, basically, oh, well, let's send a flanking unit south. So yeah, um, basically two people playing on an actual like battle map, uh, yeah. giving commands to people playing it in the game. And, 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 just and that's exactly how, yeah. what this is. But like that t- time commanders was taking from the idea of a war room, right? Which is what yeah. this is doing as well. Um, so yeah, so what do you think of that initial pitch beyond time commanders? It's basically time commanders of the game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like, I like, I like Total War anyway. And there's a there's a really good uh, VR game called something. I will find out now. But it was the same okay. principle where you you put your troops where you want to put them. But it's one of the like the one thing I have about um, Total War is I've always wanted it to be like if I click on a unit, I want it to then turn into like chivalry where I become the unit and I can have like fights within that war. I always think that would be really good, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And the VR version of that is is that you can click on a unit and you become them and you start shooting so you can become a sniper. And All right, so what, there are elements like that in units. other kind of like, what's that Warhammer game where you, um, maybe it's a bunch of Warhammer games, but where you can you can like automate the battles or you can just go in and That's manually total war. fight them. Yeah, like, total is that war basically all the, all the Yeah, and so... Like there are games like that, but I think this the way this um, the way Shane is pitching this is that it is very much not that it's turn based. It's not because you, yeah, you are, what it sounds you are completely like distanced it. from from what is happening. Right, you you can't see the war going on. You're just getting information in in the result, like in in the way of things moving about on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like I um, like that. And there's, there's there's a strategy to that which is which is good. But then I think at the same, it's so into the breach. Is, mm-hmm. a, is a is a different way of going about turn based sort of strategy games because every every move you know what the enemy's going to do yeah so you can plan for stuff and like you well, plan ahead is, and there's this and is this almost is, the opposite you, yeah, almost, you don't even so, know if your troops that, are going to do that will that become frustrating like how like the, because it's turn based reaction isn't really a thing you can do quickly. Well, like, uh, do you set orders <laughs> and say for the next three turns, these guys are going to be locked into this order because I can't relay information quick enough? Or well, like, Chris, so you may have what, er- what error is this set as well? It depends ah, on the wow. good. Okay, so yeah, good if this question. was just that pit, if that was just the pitch, then we'd have a lot to discuss. However, there's okay, yeah, so much I, more. I mean, <laughs> that pitch wasn't four pages long. Hang on, I've got three it's more pages really to get through. Font. Really big letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. <laughs> I'm like a uh, delay, second behind you. <laughs> so, so let's let's try and answer your questions real quick. So, turn-based tactical combat. I'm onto the mechanics section now. Experience a large-scale battle in the safest and most tactical way possible by removing yourself from the battle. Each time you select a group of units, you decide what formation you want to arrange themselves in, where you want them to go, and what you want them to do, be it charging the enemy or suppressing their position and forcing them into more open terrain. So that's kind of like the commands you can give them, you know, hunkered down or uh, aggressively approach the enemy or or whatever. Maybe even hunkered down just means you just leave them there for a little while while you can focus on other intricate details that's happening in the battle, like this person flanking around to the right suddenly gets attacked by someone on the left and you're like, oh shit, I need to focus this down. Um, 
Yeah. Well, and I, I was giving kind of, commands like that. Uh, I was kind of imagining like like you say if you, if you are using like the you know like the long sticks with the little things on the end or whatever you're pushing or like things are being pushed into uh, like a space or you know a hex or whatever they're going to be, and then you get a little pop up UI that <laughs> is like once you once you put a uh, your army into an area, you can then decide on the formation that they're going to execute. Like whether it's going to be, I don't know, like well, whatever's relevant to that particular moment, like whether it's like, I don't know, I don't know what the army formations are. Turtle, <laughs> that, that would be all of mine. Yeah, turtle, turtle formation. Yeah. V. Yeah. Um, v. Bull, bull horns. Bull horns, yeah. <laughs> Crab claws. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I imagine like UI-wise, when you're giving the commands, it's literally like you've got this block of units on the board uh, if you drag them forward, an arrow comes out and that stays in position. You can kind of see like the arrow movements of all of these things. Like before you press end turn, you've got, mm -hmm. you know, this guy's got like a little target. So he's like going to target this particular group of enemies or this one's got an arrow flanking around to the left-hand side. So, you know, he's going to potentially do that. Um, also, there's environmental combat. Each time you went to combat, you may not always know what the battlefield will look like until you're in the heat of it. So I guess to begin with, you've got um, you've got uh, like a battle map that is almost blank, or maybe you know very basic it's information about it. There's yeah, I suppose like there's a river going through that you know that much from just knowing the area. But yeah, like you know you the basic know. topology. But does I don't know if they mentioned this, and you probably I probably already jumped the gun. Do you you choose where you start your units? Like, can you like okay, I have like in Total War how you can lay out your whole army within a certain range but in this Actually, it'd be like okay i want to put this guy here you know this group I don't here think, i don't think that's covered uh, like in terms well, of the beginning how the i'm out you can because you can play the, some at the beginning the, with of the that, combat there becomes an extra strategy of it's like say you lost a fight you'd be like well if only i started you know if i started my archers whatever unit like archers on the yeah. left flank and they're they're a higher mm. ground okay that gives me an advantage there okay there's some trees for cover i could put, maybe hide the cavalry in there to start with because they can't be found but and I, I think that I adds another that... sorry Ron. so because it adds it adds another layer of of strategy and also stops that that the common thing of when people get frustrated at a game because the game feels unfair where if you again give more people more choice the it feels more like your fault and you did something wrong and you can fix it if you did something else. But like the more yeah. freedom you give people, like you don't want a game to, I think I've said this so many fucking times, is you don't want a game to feel frustrating to play because you keep losing because you feel like the game has an advantage. Yeah, if you give if you've, if people you've more done option, something, yeah, if you don't understand mm, how you can get you better at it. Their, you want to make it your own fault, not, not the game's yeah. fault. Tom, okay, sorry. well, to, to finish off the environmental combat thing, it does say here, in a forest, units take, units take much less damage from archers and cavalry. So I guess that kind of answers the era. Um, although mm. later down here, it does Modern. also talk about other eras. Um, so, you know, crossing a river, cavalry will be severely slowed, but infantry will be able to cross easily, things like that. So that's how mm. the environment works. I don't see how a cavalry is slower than infantry going across a river, but whatever. Um, now, the horses get scared, to, they get flighty. <laughs> yeah. yeah well but but if it's a deep river and you're not on a horse or not on a vehicle right well, that, you that's where get you get the cavalry away? you know they you know when you see people they take off their trousers or their clothes or whatever and hold them above their head and walk across you is ever that seen a that thing in movies? that happens yeah yeah no, that's, a, that's totally that. a thing that, that happens 
I can understand them holding their guns above their heads so the, the ammo doesn't get waterlogged, but all their well, clothes okay, as well. I, I've not seen I've not seen infantry do it, but like when I've seen people in films with people traveling long distances, hold their horses like take, above their heads. Take their trousers off. <laughs> That's why they're slower because they've got to carry more. Yeah, but, one soldier per leg. Yeah, like say for, yeah, say okay, like maybe it's not cavalry. Maybe it's like I don't know the fucking. Um, like if you've got a, a cannon with you and you have to, I don't know, it slows you down because you have to build a bridge, some kind of makeshift Pikes bridge. Yeah. Across they can through. vault. They, uh, yeah. they, they dig in, they vault over. Yeah. They pike yeah. across. So, right. But so to answer your worries uh, about um, the game being unfair, so uh, two things here. Commanders with unique personalities, strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, you've got commanders like you do in Total War. They have their bonuses, you know, they can have things like they're cowardly, which increases their chance of disobeying orders if they're engaging a force larger than their own. Or there's the underdog trait, which means if they're encountering a troop that is bigger than their group, then they're more likely to actually succeed because they're the underdog. Uh, so you, things like that, which is pretty cool. Do, do you spec into this or is it traits that you... So if you if you form a new group of... Okay, yeah. Right. Man, so the, king of Mushan, <laughs> the king of Mushan, he knows. He's in your head right now. He knows how much of a bastard I am and tries as, to get ahead of all my questions. Yeah, as commanders make it through battles alive, they may earn a new strength. If they performed well and came out victorious or a new weakness if they were forced to retreat or barely survived an encounter. So they can get like, like scars. An or something. And, yeah, he's got an arm off. Um, so that's how they gain, tr- gain... I mean, I guess that, that that does lead into potential snowballing. If you lose a battle, you've gained a weakness, you're then yes. more likely to lose the next battle. But, but, but I, you know, I, it does. Circus. So I was going to say that I think in for this, I don't think the commanders should have... The commanders should have abilities... I think mm. the individual groups of units should be the things that you can put traits on, right? Well, but isn't that mm. essentially so, what you're... Is, is he saying that you, like, from what I understand at least, you're not controlling these the groups of units, you're controlling a commander which represents... Each group of units has a commander and the oh, commander right. has... right, okay, right. Gotcha. So that, oh, yeah, that the makes commander sense. That, that pretty much works. Like an, an inspiration trait where it gives everybody additional... Power. Yeah, then, yeah, you would you would choose which which unit you want to put that attached to, right? So if mm. there's if you have a small unit of guys, the underdog one would be better because they're always probably going to end up fighting That's a like large guerrilla warfare unit of, guy, right? But you couldn't necessarily um, choose the under underdog one. Surely, like that would be if you. But like, what I, I liked James's like example of say say for example if. You'd like if some of these were to naturally occur, like maybe so, maybe there is a tree and you can spec into certain ones, but some of them are naturally occurring. For example, if you do lose a battle, maybe your commander gets an arm off. So he like, but, but then that also gives him the like the fearless attribute or something, which mm. bolsters mm. like it makes him like it makes him scarier to people, more intimidating. Like it bolsters yeah. the strength of his like the faith of his crew or whatever, but. It also means there's more chance of him dying in the next battle because he can't defend himself. Yeah, as he's well. got less HP or whatever. He yeah, can't attack yeah. as well. I mean, I or guess it becomes you a bit more also like Hail Mary, where he's HP. like, "I've got nothing to lose. Let's just go for it." So oh, shit, you know, yeah, he just yeah. goes nuts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's like, just um, lose, he loses an arm. He's like, "Well, that's my max HP okay. gone down." <laughs> 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 but also, it could be things like maybe if he does win a battle against a larger group of enemies, mm. that gives him the underdog trait. Like maybe there's mm. certain ways to actually get particular skills. Um, so they're know, like a series it, of like just mini challenges, really. It's like achievement hunting. It's like to complete this battle without your commander taking any damage plus 10 HP or 
yeah, complete it, this challenge without losing X amount of soldiers. I mean, the longer you trait. play, you'll you'll know the prerequisites to gaining all of these strengths and weaknesses, right? So I guess you could then say, well, I know that the underdog one is super powerful, so I'll get everyone to do that. But I mean, getting that yeah. underdog trait to begin with would be tough because you're beating a larger force mm, without the yeah. underdog trait. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe that's one way of doing it. Is they're just naturally occurring through your play, which could be kind of cool, rather than you know, commander level two, pick one of three strengths. Okay, now yeah, he's- yeah. I, I really like the idea of them naturally occurring and like you not like it, you kind of not really having any idea. Like in the same way, so the, the the way I imagine at the moment the gameplay loop and the way that the game would would play is that you just have like it's it's very limited perspective you know you've just got the war room and perhaps you're the one who has control over this the initial you know you can move that your unit somewhere with the stick with you know with the little pushy stick or whatever you move them and then you say okay that's my move and then there's a pause and your your general or your right hand man or whatever the other person at the table then takes their stick and removes or shifts around basically everything that's happened as a result of your action and then it's just that constant ping ponging of okay, mm. what do I what do I do now? And I think like that that feeling of like okay, I've done something. Oh fuck, it's resulted in this. I didn't expect that to happen. My guy's lost an mm. arm, but now I'm the underdog. Uh, how do I deal with that? <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, that kind of thing maybe. The, yeah, I mean the really interesting prospect with that is that the soldiers don't do what you command them to do, and then you see the result of that. So you go, I want you to march through this thick forest and a bunch of soldiers are like oh no or, or maybe it's a it's a really snowy environment and it's like i need you to march through here and a bunch of them just go no fuck that and then you just see the result <laughs> yeah, of your decisions not being carried out and that, that that's kind of an interesting prospect the so problem is as if you had like a <laughs> an oh, no, i want to I hear chris say what the problem is first because we're okay. just about to jump onto disobedience Right. Okay, so the the problem with disobedience, and I think Alex mentioned this earlier. Well, he said the term at least is it would snowball. So you'd reach a part where you've lost. If you lose battles and people become more disobedient, you'd you'd lose more, and you'd lose more, and it would be, get to a point where you've so just there's is, no isn't point. Isn't it just risk management though? Isn't it just like you know that if you ask them to go through this thicket of brambles, that you're going to lose. A certain you know maybe it will give you a weighting it will tell you it's like mm, there's a 95 percent chance that you'll lose x amount of soldiers doing this rather yeah, than i mean being a dis maybe it's not really disobedience maybe it's just a weighting of what you expect what's a risk to happen. a risk factor. so there, there is so far this game is very total war i think we're about to get onto the things that separate it a bit more however total war um at least warhammer does i'm not sure about the other ones they have um each troop that you send in has a i can't remember what the stat is actually called but as it diminishes and gets down to zero they then just flee the battle yeah um right. but normally when your captain so, dies or your general dies that like a yeah, lot or of them if your army has just been like completely wiped out all of the remaining remaining people they just leave so total war is a game that has that sort of snowball effect where if you wipe out troop after troop after troop and then all of the rest of them that could potentially defend just start running mm. then the battle's lost You're like fucked. that's yeah, just yeah. It, so that snowball does sort of happen in total war games but it also makes sense thematically anyway so mm. disobedience uh while commanding units you must maintain their loyalty by winning battles by a large margin or preserving lives you can build loyalty with your troops uh loyalty is a scale from minus 100 to 100 starting at zero 
Uh, if it reaches 100, you gain a significant boost to all damage, kind of snowball -y. If it reaches minus 100, your troops abandon you. If all units abandon your army, you lose. So it's. It, I feel like loyalty is this overarching thing across the entire campaign, not just specific yeah. small battles. Uh, I guess there's also a minute version of loyalty in the battles that determine whether or not they flee or whether or not they just don't listen to you. Um, so in that case, uh, anytime you give a unit an order, there's a chance, depending on that loyalty and the relative danger of the order, that the unit will disobey your orders and choose to make their own action. Um, this chance is also affected by the strengths and weaknesses of the commander in charge of each unit. So that's the thing. I don't think it's a case of they don't do your order and instead they flee. It's they don't necessarily do your order, but also do something of their own. So you get a report the next time. Like you, I told them to flank left and they're like, I didn't do that. There's cavalry coming from this way. We instead went, we instead hunkered down or we instead mm. targeted yeah. the enemies or target the this cavalry. This was the better idea. Um, We've decided that this would, yeah. this, this is the better course of action because we don't like trust the Like some kind of small mutiny. Yeah. I, I really wish we had thought of this mechanic during Pyrian's uh, appearance because he oh, really the, wanted the, the idea of the, like the, the gangsters. Chaos. Yeah, like the chaos, like you just maybe making one move and then it's all going like fucking nuts. I think that would have worked yeah. really well on that. But um, sorry, Chris. So one thing I am struggling to picture in my head is how yeah. you present this to people, right? Because you can't no. see this. You can just see this on a table. It's just a board. Yeah. A board. How do you present, I didn't want to do that thing because there's cavalry coming from over there. Like, because uh, it's just going to be walls of text. Like, I can't uh, think of a good way of presenting that as, a, as, a, as an action. Like, if, if you could see, that, mm. if you were playing Total War and you could, you were seeing all the troops and it was the same principle, you could say, oh, these guys have moved that way because of that. And you don't need an explanation for that. But if you okay. tell someone to do something, they don't do it. You get that they, they didn't do it, but you can't understand why you know the reasoning you don't really get that because it's so i've got a, a way of doing that it's not in mm -hmm. this pitch so that we're now off we're not off, off sheet pitch. okay <laughs> so <laughs> i think the way the way it could work is yeah when you've got that end of screen uh, like just before you press the end turn button you've got all these commands that you can see the arrows the targeting symbols the hunker down icons all of these different things it's all communicated in these icons um when you press end turn it basically zooms in on one unit they do their thing. Maybe you just see them slowly coast up the side of the map when they do their movement. You're like, great, they did that. Then you see the other guy, they fire a couple of times at the target. Perfect, they've done their action. But then when this guy starts moving up, like maybe the arrow literally just breaks, like the icon breaks in half and it's like, there's a big sound effect, like a nice, yeah. And then And then they stop, turn, and then start shooting at someone else. And you're like, okay, I can immediately see they've broken the order mm -hmm. that I've given them. The yeah. targeting icon that snaps in half, and they then do something else. Like they start backing up. So you just basically okay. look at every order individually um, and see how they enact it uh, in really quick, snappy way. Chris, go. Hello. Um, are you? I don't know. Why I said that. Um, are, are you locked to a, a in a grid? Are we free roam? Like, do they have move? Uh, like in D D, you can move. This I feel like it has to feet. be. Like it has to be. Does a, a cavalry unit extent. have a a better? like distance but then also if they're attacking like a cavalry is good against what are cavalry good against uh <laughs> just uh, re regular infantry re yeah regular just, dudes so if i but as a cavalry unit 
Do I mm-hmm. have to move through them and I attack them on the way through? That makes sense. Or do I just, mm. you know, click him, click there, click onto the unit, click attack? Like, how does that work? Because they obviously become a lot less... Um, what's the word I'm searching for? Better. Uh, a, lot, a lot less better when they <laughs> yeah. stop moving, right? When they are mm. a stationary target. So cavalry is all about, you know, moving. Is I mean, it, a cavalry... A cavalry, when they charge a group of infantry, say four rows of infantry, they're not going to go through the entire thing regardless. It happens in Total War games. Like they, they charge the front line, destroy that front line, maybe half the unit count. But then unless they turn around and try again, they're, they're locked in position anyway. So, I yeah. mean, I guess if it's a small group of infantry or whatever and you just charge right through them, great. I guess you could give them so movement. Is it, is anything movement they go free through form? Or is movement I, I think it should based? be. I think once it's grid-based or hex-based or whatever, I think it, I don't know. I, I think we've, we've, we allow a lot more formation when it's not locked to a grid. Um, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I think I'd so prefer almost, free. About- Are you thinking more like an area of effect? So you, you see, you know, the air, like a radar almost around your, Radius your cavalry or around yeah. your units and you go, okay, well, as, as soon as I'm detected or, the area of effect overlaps the other the other infantry that's when they engage so you, but you're almost kind of playing a bit like golf in a way you're trying to hit an area trying to like shoot go this way cavalry and hope that you overlap with yeah the i think i think what so, you know is if you click the archers for example you're like right they're archers they should have an effective range of this mm-hmm. so if i place them here they should be able to hit them and then you move them into position and then the archers feed back and they're like there's a forest in the way we can't hit them and you're like oh fuck okay i didn't see the how forest do you feed, but how do you feed that back surely you know like, there's a forest because you've seen the topology but i mean the, not a in- forest don't appear like this <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying is is, is uh, the the current thing i'm struggling with is is that the feedback loop of your decisions and because mm. like yeah i can send a cavalry over the hair over the heart over there <laughs> over the heart <laughs> over the heart <laughs> I can send the cavalry over there, but then I don't know what the enemy is going to do. When our end of turn happens, I can send my cavalry one way and the enemy can go in the other fucking direction. And then obviously I have to catch up with them, which yeah. is fine. But how, like, how do you feed information back to the commander? Because it's going to be a lot of text is what I'm imagining at the moment. It's well, like you are just getting relayed messages. Head, you, like, why can't you just, in terms of like, you, you've moved cavalry in one direction and then, the, and then you see the result of the enemy's actions in the next move on the board. What else are you expecting to see? Well, I know. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is when Tom says, oh, we can't shoot, there's a forest in the way. Well, like, surely you knew that because well, you th- can this see is also the something topology. That we, so in terms of, because it's not, it's not like scale one to what, like it's not as though if, if you have, if you have the, the cavalry or your units in the, I don't know, the tile, let's, let's say that there are tiles for the moment, just, just for the sake of easiness and um, like in the adjacent tile, that's not, that doesn't mean you're like next door, you're like 20 meters away from it. You still have to go onto the tile to reveal what it is, unless you have a scout in advance who can go and tell you what the topology is. So you could move into that area and discover, okay, there's a forest on this tile. The predominant area of this tile, of this tile is a forest, which makes it so hard we do for have my cavalry to maneuver. I think I think it does to an extent. I think you you know the very, very basic. Like if you look at it from afar, you know there's hills and shit and a mountain yeah. and a volcano <laughs> but you can't see forests you, well, I, think, I, mean, <laughs> I mean i mean you don't like if if it's free form placement which i think it should be like mm-hmm. you know there's a forest but you don't know the the exact 
like you don't know the exact spread of it or, or you don't know how deep it goes or whatever like you know there's a forest at certain points and then mm. you know when you look over the hill and see oh actually the forest spreads out much further than we originally thought or something like that okay. maybe there's a lake there we didn't the see the way that i see this working is you know we've got two views currently we've got the war room and you've mm. got a map and that map could be inaccurate it could just be this is what we think and yeah. then that map could get updated as troops move through yeah through or maybe the, through the, maybe you don't even have a map fog of maybe. war as it were so as you zoom in you go shit there is a forest there i thought yeah. it was further back or you know it's much it's much denser than the report said this map is from 1800s and it's now 19 <laughs> i don't know whatever yeah or, or maybe yeah, there's certain yeah. battles like further out from your civilization that you just don't have a map for like you don't know anything about the topology of it it's you, you just have a yes square... like, yeah, as your campaign covers the world more you just go to areas that you that you aren't familiar yeah. with like if your kingdom doesn't already like own that area i mean I, I will so say what, what, i am but struggling with it being old-timey <laughs> for lack of a better description it's okay. like getting that feedback is like okay do, it's just like messenger owl and lots of people running backwards and forwards which i guess is fine you just got to put your get in the mindset that all these moves take a long time but in the reality of it you almost say go and do this and hit play and hope that it all works out because you're not getting that one-to-one i think feedback in terms of if it's an older style game if we're going for a hardcore realistic approach then i think what i'm imagining is you are on a war camp at the very edge of the battle right right and yeah that's what i imagined and and you're basically the information you're receiving is from fucking squires or maybe there's a watchtower out there that's overlooking mm. the entire battle or whatever yeah. and you're yeah, just receiving yeah. the feedback from that uh, if it's a newer style game, then everything can be done through radio and you're just yeah. like newer style. If it was a <laughs> modern warfare thing, then radio <laughs> or radar or whatever. Um, Chris. That's no, but you've, you've said what I've, I've been trying to, or what I've been struggling with this whole time is the feedback. How, yeah. Okay. In a, in a real life situation, you're getting fed this information from people who go, okay, Hey, commander, the, we've been flanked from the left by a unit of cavalry how do you present that to the the player i think is it is it text and then the block moves to its position does it automatically move or are you are you the flanking enemy comes in like you make your decision you you you, you move your units forward and then and then the like the basically the idea is that weeks of like or days or whatever have passed between your moves but it's instant for us because that's just how the game works right so like if it's i mean if it's i would old, say days yeah okay but like however long it needs to be but it doesn't matter time just time just passes it's just cut it's just a cut or whatever and so you move your unit and then the 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 your general your right hand man or whatever who then has just immediately received the information back through through whatever through bird through post or through magic portal or whatever then <laughs> yeah. then takes that information and then and then is like okay so i've just heard your cavalry has been yeah, but, flanked. Yeah, but that's, you're, you're, you're describing that as a, a human being telling you. How do you present that to a player? Is no, what no, I'm no, saying. no, no. He's not telling you. He's literally just moving the unit. Okay, so the, the units move. Right. I think everything okay. can be compressed down to to e easy and quick understand icons and keywords. So like rattled or fleeing or all of these different things. Like as you watch Troop A of Troop 1 to 16, right? You're watching Troop 1 do his movement. The moment you press end turn, he literally moves up to the side and then it pauses for a second because he can then see something come up from the side. Uh, 
and when he pauses, it then goes back to him. Sound effects, fucking weird vibration in the controller. It's like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to keep moving? Yeah, he does keep moving. Awesome. Uh, yeah. If he doesn't, then the command line that you've given them just shatters. And it's like, well, shit, okay, he's now not following that order. What's he going to do now? And that's when he then does his own thing. And you're like, oh, fuck, what's he doing? Um, I, think I think that works really if well. It, if it compresses down into just icons that show up on the screen and just... You know, if he's if they're hunkering down and a group of units come down from the side, the hunkering down icon breaks away and it turns into a targeting icon. And you're like, oh shit, they've gotten up to start shooting at them. They shouldn't have done that. Like you, you can see everything just happen in that way. And as you watch it, unit by unit by unit by unit, you then have an idea of exactly how everyone acted by the next by the start of the next turn. Um, and that's how you then use that to to gauge you know what the next map will look like when you start to give new orders. Yeah. I, li- I like the prospect that y- you can actually make those little, you know, wooden figurines on a map in a war room look really kind of engaging because you just, y- sure, you might have the zoom in, you might have a cinematic that explains some stuff, but just seeing someone pushing those counters along and then suddenly going, nope, knocks a bunch off the table. You're like, shit. I think that's the that's the emotive prospect yeah, that like, I like, like about okay, it. I put my cavalry here. What's going to happen? Oh, fuck. My, they've just been removed they've just fallen over they're dead uh n- now what am i going to do how am i going to respond to that and like and, and like yeah like tom what you were saying about like the, having the arrows shatter like the command line being broken like that that f- the, f- the feedback on the controller or whatever for example while you're trying to figure out like oh fuck, what's going to happen are they actually going to do it um so like a, a, another thing i was thinking is like we've been talking about the having the individual units like again like cavalry or footmen or, or pikemen or whatever or you know whatever era they would be wizards i don't know and um but what if could there be if you were playing like a larger campaign what if there were essentially two different kind of levels of the map where you have a, you have a commander say if you have a campaign and you're you're attacking like multiple areas multiple cities and you are the person who's overseeing all of it so you have the basic, a very basic world map overview where you have five commanders and you're like, okay, I'm sending this commander here, this commander here, blah, blah, blah. And then when you you click on the commander and then that takes you into the deeper level of this is what this area looks like. This is where, this is where the fight, uh, this particular fight in the campaign is going to happen. And then that's when you get a bit more detail on the free movement. Could that work or does um, that make it too too much, too complicated? In a campaign, you command a series of battles in a larger war campaign, either to lead your kingdom to glory or victory, and victory, or fail them and bring them to ruin. Campaigns can be run in a variety of styles, which will result in mostly aesthetic, but sometimes mechanical changes. Uh, you decide where your forces move on the world map, and you decide whether you want to take offensive or defensive positions. The game is still turn-based in the world map, and each turn roughly equates to a week. Uh, each time you come in contact with an enemy army, a battle ensues. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So, so yeah. So, so, right. so is this what he's he's basically imagining this, right? Is this is this is that you have the like these two, well, maybe not two levels, but like you are essentially like fighting multiple battles at once, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You've got you've got commanders that uh, are leading troops, but in the world <laughs> map, you're the general commanding the commanders, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hierarchy is. Um, yeah. It does also say here. 
For example, you can choose to run a fantasy campaign instead of a historical one, which introduces new types of units and commanders. I mean, that sounds like a very different game entirely. Like, we'll start with <laughs> mm. this one first before we introduce Warhammer into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll get the, you know, Games Workshop payments <laughs> and start making games for them. Um, sure. But yeah, he does also talk about there is no particular faction or no particular era right now. It's literally just whatever it is. I think it's just go with the basic cavalry, archers, swordsmen, pikemen, yeah. that sort of thing. Always works. Um, and there's also another way to play the game is through scenarios in which you're given very specific commanders, units, and battle situations ranging in difficulty from historic battles like Thermopylae and Shirayama. Remember those ones? Anyone? Oh, my favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love those Classics. ones. Um so there, there's scenarios. And then the final way is to play online, which is just standard, you know, online play. You pick a draft of units and then go against each other. Um, now, before we go forward, intelligence mm -hmm. reports and enemy espionage. During a battle, you as the general may receive reports from your spies and scouts indicating possible enemy actions and allowing you to outwit your opponents or giving you information on an enemy commander's strengths and weaknesses, allowing you to tailor your attack to their weakest attributes. However... The enemy knows you're trying to spy on them and may attempt to feed you false information. Each report comes with a chance of accuracy, and it's up to you to decide which risks you're willing to take. I think that's an important one. Okay. Is that the information yeah. you receive like uh, uh, from the enemy's side, it's very difficult of saying, I know this goes even deeper into Chris's, how the fuck do you communicate this? But um, like a, a group of archers or whatever... Like I think the idea with like you know how you were saying with the you know with the command arrows of like this is this is where I'm expecting this unit to go now, and you just have the exact same for the enemy side. So you see their their intention, an arrow from 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 your information. This is the intention. This is where you think they're intending to go. This is what you think they're intending to do. And maybe that could even be like maybe it doesn't have to be a percentage. Maybe it could just be like a color between some kind of gradient between green and red, like depending on how don't trustworthy use the information don't is. Don't use color, use numbers. I'm not, I'm just saying this as a, like an accessibility thing. Color is really bad because okay. if you rely like, on yeah, like one some, type of thing, it's it Okay, like, a, really like a percentage bad. maybe then, or basically somewhere, people, how, how would, people how would you do People know what percentages it? are. Yeah. Well, people know what percentages are. You look over to XCOM, you 95% chance to hit you're going to miss because it's 5% to miss. And that's just the way XCOM works. Um, but like you understand that the the chances of that happening are fixed. So say gradient, if you, have, you, if you have the arrow and then on the tip of the arrow, whatever, there's a, there's a percentage chance. Or like if you hover, if you mouse over the arrow, it's like 50% chance. And that's when you... So, so then as soon as you, you, you like finish your move and you, like you end your turn, then you maybe like it can go through each command line on your side of things and, and the enemy actions just like one by one and you see the result of what you think is going to happen versus what actually happens i think yeah you see you see the enemy unit move and then if it encounters like i guess you can see it move and if no one is able to corroborate that information like if you then move a unit up to it and it turns to mist and you're like fuck he's not there he's meant yeah. to be there why is he not there uh but i guess you could also say like if you, if you aren't able to identify that it's not true or whatever maybe there's not units in the area maybe it's not outside of the fog of war or whatever um then yeah it just happens you're like okay archers they are there now uh so i, I think that's where it, it's a game of of ui i think it's more ui than it is anything else because it's just 
It's just bringing stuff down to very, very quick, easy to understand things that just happen in a second, but you are able to easily identify exactly what happened. And that's how it's communicated. It's if it's, we can't like go through every single possibility now and come up with an entire list of things, but I don't think it needs a dude like a commander with 4,000 voice lines saying, Commander, the <laughs> archers, they're not, they're not there. Fuck. Yeah, it just needs um, to be as s- simple as possible. It's literally like the pieces a bit, you, you're moving the pieces and then you end your turn and then other pieces get moved based on what you've done. Yeah, I think, or like, what you believe to be uh, yeah. happening. And more often than not, it doesn't happen that way. But maybe they decide to do their own thing and it's actually better, like... Uh, maybe you gave them a dud command. You're like, oh, actually, shit, you're right. You should have, you should have shot at these guys. But yeah, like perhaps then that would affect your loyalty even more. Like if they, if they decide to do something that is, if they go against your order, but then they're the better for it, then does that mean their loyalty decreases even more? How, maybe, how yeah. Is that, like, how would that even work? Or maybe they they break their order and the, and it goes really bad for them, and then you can just brand them as cowards and have everyone chase them down. Can you give them an order to be like, do what? Do what you want. Uh, okay. Sure. Do what you want. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I feel, I, I know, I feel <laughs> like you have to, you have to as the as like the king or the person giving the you have to be like you have to give them something. Oh, you are not the king. This oh, is yeah, important. Of you're yeah. not. You're not yeah, the king. Good point. Uh, because in campaign mode, in campaign mode, uh, requesting troops and resources. While in a campaign setting, there's more to the game than each individual battle. In between battles, at any point in time, you make a request to the crown for more troops. When making this request, you can ask for any uh, number of any units you see fit from a pool of Total Kingdom units, so just as much as you want. But ultimately, the crown decides how many you get. And the same rules apply for resources, which is what you use to feed your units in between battles. Um, Chris? So it's like... Yes, Sugar Ace meets Civ meets Total War meets Time Commanders. Uh, I like the I Yes, Sugar Ace comparison. That's really... Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah I, th- I feel like, well, but then you're not the one doing it. It's like automated. But then how does that... Like, I, I think the, the king sh- the idea should have uh, objectives themselves. They're like, we need to, you know, claim these this much land or, you know, we need to go after these guys specifically. If you run into these guys... Mm. Make sure we fuck them up because yeah, I, think I, you know, completing specific requests will like increase your loyalty, right? Yeah. Or maybe it also says um, holding defensive uh, positions that are under attack gives you more loyalty. Losing key areas that you're in command of that loses your loyalty. But I really like the idea of you're in like really <coughs> rough area, like there's uh, armies to the north or armies to the east. And you're like fuck, we need the units to come in. He better like say yes to this requisition of units and then he turns around and says we can only provide four archers and you're like yeah what am i meant to do with that <laughs> what if he's um, like totally yeah if he totally fucks you over like if you if it, the moment where like his loyalty snaps his loyalty view breaks and you think like you're on i don't know it's like helm's deep and you need the elves to arrive basically it's the equivalent yeah. of that and then you get or, the yeah you, yeah, you request a whole army to defend and he just doesn't send anything. In, in the middle of a battle, you're like, <clears throat> the, the the cavalry, the 400 cavalry was meant to be here. Where the hell is it? Yeah. And like halfway through the battle, burr, burr, look to the burr, east. Burr, burr, <laughs> the first light of the fifth day. <laughs> Get those yeah, and they, they all come yeah. coming over yeah. the hill and you're like, they've arrived. They've finally arrived as promised by the king. The way, before we get too far off it, the, the way Yes Your Grace works, which I think was a, a really good comparison chris is that the you basically play as a king Thank you. 
just <laughs> sitting on your throne in your throne room. And it's, it, it's a lot more of a personal story, but essentially all your job is to, you have, you hold court and people come up to you and say, oh, d dear king, like the, the village we're in, all the chickens died. We can't feed ourselves. We need some grain. And you, you're like, okay, have 20% have of my grain. And then someone else comes in and says, oh, but, but like our cows died. We, we can't feed ourselves. We need some, we need some grain or no, we need some money to buy grain. You're like, okay, have some money. And then by the end of the week- single focus game. By the end of the week, you basically, you have to manage how many like resources you're giving out in terms of uh, like food, gold, and but also trying to accrue um, power, like strength by, in terms of army number. And you're constantly using that and constantly managing it, but also it's constantly draining. Even at a very base level, even if you do nothing, at the end of every week, you have, you have just used some of that just by by all your subjects being alive and draining your mm. resources. And so I feel like that should have an effect. The same should apply to like loyalty in this. Your loyalty should always be constantly draining because it would be so OP if you could lock in 100 loyalty all the time and then suddenly everyone has like a 10% damage bonus or whatever. Mm. You, oh, it yeah. needs to be really hard to get to those. Or maybe there are certain levels of like, you know, if you reach 70% loyalty, you get this effect. And if you reach 80%, you get this effect. Or mm. I don't know, somewhere that you were. Yeah, I mean... If you stay out of battle after battle, then yeah, your people are going to get restless and miserable because like there's other yeah. armies doing their shit and you're just standing in a defensive position like four miles in be behind the border and you're like, well, we're yeah. not doing anything. Yeah, but, but also here. you can't afford to wait because they're draining all your res they're eating all the fucking food and you you can't get food from anywhere mm. unless you request some more from the king or whatever. So you have to you have to press on, even though there's a good chance you might lose this battle. If you stay where you yeah. are, you might starve as well. I think mm. ultimately what I really like about this is Total War is a very, very good game. Very, mm. very, very, very good game. <laughs> However, you have, it, it almost gives you too much power and too much control over your armies because all you need to recruit 40 archers is 400 gold. And it's just like, yep, they've joined your army and they are loyal to you and they're obedient and they are going to stay with you for the rest of the damn game as long as you, they can stay alive. Yeah, that's the uh, point of Total War, though. Total War isn't isn't that game. Total War is a a battle sim game, right? So I know, they but don't, what I that, mean is that mechanic is just a, a formality of sure. The more gold I get, the more troops I can buy, which yeah, makes sense. But they don't yeah. go into the the in depth because that's not what that game is. Yeah, I know. I, I just mean like it's still oh, that's what I mean. It's a very good game. However, I would like it if it had that. I know the Skaven faction in Warhammer, Total War Warhammer. Total War, War, War Hammer. Um, <laughs> they have loyalty, and I think some certain lords have loyalty, but that all that does is lose as a champion or a named unit if their loyalty right. gets too low. However, it, it's it's kind of like as long as they're not fleeing, they're following your orders, and as long as they're in your army, they're obedient. And it's kind of like I almost I almost really like the idea that you are a commander serving a general, serving a king. And you're relying on them to give you what you want. Yeah, maybe they don't. And maybe it's frustrating that they don't. And it's annoying. You're annoyed at the game that it hasn't given you these things. But as long as it's open information, it's understandable. It's loyalty. Your loyalty is too low. That's why you're not getting these things. You don't have enough resources. You don't have enough gold or, or whatever to fund this massive army. We can't give you these things because you can't support it. Yeah. Um, it's it's things that you can balance by well, if, I, if he won't give me these things because of this, I'll fix that. And then he will give me these things. If he wants me to get into bigger battles, I'll do that. And maybe I'll lose everyone and my loyalty will tank or whatever. And it all makes sense. I think that's what's kind of cool about it is 
yeah, your units might disobey you. That's awesome. Yeah, the king might not give you everything you need. That's really fucking cool. I love it. <laughs> I think I can imagine it being really, really hard, uh, like, and, but frust- like frustrating in a kind of, but in a good way. Like, I, I think, I feel like if it's done right, then as, as long as it, like you say, Tom, as long as it feels like every every mistake you're making or every, every time you're fucking up, it's because you know, okay, I just should have done this. I, I, sh- I should have done this and then I would have been fine. Or if I did this, yeah. it would have been different. And so as long as you're getting that that kind of feedback rather than just arbitrary, not like if the king only sends you 20 units instead of the 500 you're expecting and you don't know why, then that, that would be frustrating. But if you're like, mm. okay, it's because I've used all my food and I don't have enough food to feed these people. Or then like he obviously is that doesn't like the fact that I haven't killed enough units, so I haven't pushed further enough into the territory or whatever, as long as you know the reasons behind that. Mm. Yeah, and I think another, another important note is he has said how you win or lose, and winning comes in three ways, defeating yeah. the enemy. Uh, another one is attrition, and that is just after a year, or he says, let's say one year, um, in, in which every turn in the open I world love is a number. week. Yeah, every, he also said that every turn in the open world is a week. That means you only got 52 turns, right, before attrition happens, right? Yeah. In, in this case, in his example. So the game isn't massively long in his eyes. Um, so I think it's one of those games that, yeah, you start it, you fail, you know why you failed, you try it again. You start it, you get a little further, you fail again because your loyalty was too low, you try again. It's, it's kind of... It's a it's a roguelike, <laughs> and also every unit is a card in your deck. Ah, also, and there's, there's, there's some projects. sort of overarching event yeah. that will happen, uh, and you have to yeah. It's from XCOM. I can't remember the name <laughs> of it. James, what, is is this like anything that you have or would normally play? It's not like anything that I would normally play or have played, for that matter. No. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on it the, so far? The, I mean, the the the. the I don't know what are the motives. I think the I think the the whole you don't know uh, are they historical battles? I don't think they would be historical battles. I don't, I don't think, think they the scenarios be, can be. I don't uh, uh, I, I don't yeah. think they could be. Otherwise, it, as as Chris alluded to earlier with the with the history nerds, it's like well, I know that the archers all came in from this <laughs> angle, and then I, if I put my troops here, so you, you, and if it's a replayable, um, you know, if you only got fifty two turns, you keep playing. Mm. You're gonna have to have the opponent do different things. Yeah. Or you might have to have the topology change, or you might, you know, it really is a roguelike. You've got to have those ever-changing like situations as well, affecting battles. Yeah. I think the thing that excites me the most is this idea that you're trying to outwit your opponent, or you're trying to guess what they're going to do. It's like, yeah. I'm, I think they're going to send in their troops into this clearing because it's a good access point for my troops on this side. So hmm. I'm going to respond to that. That in itself is reason enough for me to play that. I think that's a great game. So is yeah. it like, and I so feel like just, every sorry. action as well, every action as well is, is kind of like if, if the information has a percentage chance of being false, every action you make has a percentage chance of them saying no. Yeah, and I, yeah. So I think it like, could make for a really good multiplayer game. Uh, just to, I don't want to make everything multiplayer, but in this sense, it could be a good 1v1 kind of. There is online play in this there, yeah, game. Yeah, he's got that. He's got a bullet point for that. <laughs> Um, okay. I, I, I do re- think he's reduced <laughs> online play to a bullet point. Could make easy online makes easier. It easier. 
asynchronous makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. But I think like the I think James, what what you just said in like being able to break down the whole game into a series of micro decisions that you're making, like it's almost like these tiny like it's like okay, like it's it's a probably not a very good comparison, but in ter- but like I'm thinking of it just in terms of like the feeling of chess when you put when you make a move mm. and then you're just sitting there thinking, okay. What's going to happen now? Because you've 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 imagined like what your like your move is based on what you think the opponent is going to do, or what you think they might do like further on down the line, or what you mm. th- or what you think they think you're going to do, and then it's just a constant series of these little like okay, I'm putting this here, your move. Let's see what happens, and just and yeah. and, and that just like with over a, like you know a hundred <laughs> different decisions. But with the random element of things like weather or, you know, your troops yes. deciding to do something different, you know, the idea that you could move a bishop diagonally and it goes, no, nah, I'm going to move this way. And you're like, what the fuck? No, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that. Who do you think you are? The queen? That's what we should make. I do like the idea. It's, it's, it's always difficult to try and outfox an AI because everyone will just assume, well, the AI knows I'm lying. But if they can give you false information, you can give them false information. But remember, yeah. it's um, harder yeah. to make stupid... AI. Yeah. Um, because but that's, in, that's, in the that's online difficult. play, I think that's a really fun thing to do where you're like, I've got, uh, hey, your spies are reporting that you've got some archers coming over the hill. I'm going to defend against those. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, those mm. archers, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah okay. but I, think, I think actually like, yeah, also that, that does make multiplayer like one-on-one super like super exciting as well that would be so much fun to just play against one person like on voice comms or whatever like if you're just chatting on discord while you're playing just the idea of just mm. trying to fuck the other person over or trying to make them just just like trying to troll them or trying to make them think that you're about to do something when you're not just like those kind of those constant games you can play i almost feel like it would be more fun like multiplayer than it was against the ai yeah um, and, yeah, the, and the idea, I, I maybe you so. can send them a raven as well. So you're having a voice chat and then you go, oh, I have to send you a raven. And you're like, all right, I'll check Fuck it out. You. And it's just a... <laughs> you dick! Correct. You like flood their you. communications with just insults and they're like, I, I can't tell what my units have done because I'm just being harassed. Oh my God, it's like, yeah, it's like an old school DOS attack. <laughs> just a fucking yeah. million ravens. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Chris, like, how are you feeling about this now? Because I know you've had like some issues with the feedback <laughs> loop, and in just in terms of like how the gameplay would work. Like, what what are you feeling? The uh, kind of the biggest weaknesses, and how would you how would you go about solving them? I think the 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 icons. I rather than like a a flood of text. I hate I hate reading floods of text, which is why yeah, I really can't get on. I can't I can't get on with Civ. Civ does this really badly do you know when you get like your turn starts and it's just yeah. dun, 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 dun. i'm like i this i'm like what the uh, why why are you i don't need to uh, yes i need to know all this information probably but it's just overwhelming and it's just like what yeah. I, I don't mm. great thanks that's half my turn just clicking this fucking icons yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i think yeah like making a, a way of presenting that in, in a easy to read format and yeah icons are normally the best um because you know they stand out. They're different from each other. Obviously, colors don't always work. Um, so, yeah, icons and shapes are always the best way to go when you're trying to represent stuff, if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, just, that's, that's just from an accessibility point of view in general. Good point. Um, so, th- that cleared a lot up. Um, again, I, was, I, 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 was say, I say this all the bloody time. Is I'm not <laughs> being negative about the idea. <laughs> it's just that if you're going to come up with an idea, you, you need to... Think of it not as of what will be cool and how it would do. Is how 
are you presenting it to a player who let's assume they didn't do the tutorial let's assume they mm. don't like you know um you have to just assume that the person playing has the attention span of a spoon right yeah. you just you just need to make everything incredibly obvious and once you've mm. got that you you can expand on it um you need to just come refine that one thing which so i'm not trying to shit on any ideas or anything <laughs> like that i'm i'm i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to just be a uh, a voice of reason because yeah uh, with a, with a with a game design document it's like four pages that's great like you've got some great ideas written down there but you're gonna realize that you'll probably end up chucking half of that uh like if you if you made it in a studio you would chuck half of it because one you need to stay in scope and two it's just that just because it's an idea doesn't mean it's good uh i've uh, half the stuff i make i show someone else that what the fuck is that i'm like oh. <laughs> like it would seem like a good idea at the time it seemed like a good idea at 3 a.m yeah, um, tell like, me about you, it then you then you realize like what um, <laughs> that's what this whole if podcast someone is about, asks, tom's list <laughs> tom's list of ideas at 3 a.m but that's the thing you need you need someone to, to question it so sharing ideas is always good and which is why obviously him sharing well, I, this it, to us is, is is good as well because you you need other people's points of view because you, I mean, yeah, you always like, think that your idea is good Shane um, you've done a kick-ass job of like, predicting <laughs> yeah hmm. uh, you, you've done a kick-ass job of predicting all the questions and issues we might have and answering was, all of those uh, yeah. which is impressive actually like impressive. I have an answer for almost everything however there yeah. are a few that was missed and it's a, f- a few that I think we've solved I, like I, I did agree with you the open information isn't very important it, if you just literally finish a turn and then some dude spends 45 minutes <clears throat> telling you yeah this dude he didn't do this thing this dude didn't do yeah, this thing yeah. that sucks I'm not going to listen mm. to that like I'm, I'm not going to read it for, uh, for sure um, it's just finding a way to solve it but then, but then the wall map the wall map has the perfect uh, environment for displaying those icons in a way that it doesn't feel totally just alien and just why have I got all this UI flashing in my face it's actually yeah. you could you could arrange it in a way that makes sense as as if the general is explaining all that information back to you and you can it's have the little as well. things be pushed across the table and you know you can have all that being drawn on the map or you know the the way that you can display that information can be succinct and easily communicated but you're getting across a lot of information okay look yeah. we we've run out of time but i uh i think this guy i'm guessing is going to go and make the game so really the question is <laughs> no he's the, the ideas is, guy he said that but I, f- I feel like i feel like this is this is his uh this is his big one look at it he's done four well, pages <laughs> Um, yeah, this pages. is the one where he learns uh, <laughs> four pages, Unity Chris. or whatever. I've written four pages loads of times. I've written four pages in my life, I must say. Shane, <laughs> aka King yeah. of Mushan, thank you very, very much for this. Uh, I, think it's, it was, I think it's really, really cool. It was it's fantastic. Definitely, I'm, it definitely not fraught with issues. It definitely the name. has some issues. Uh, War Room is the original name. Chris, I think this I is your like job. You could just, I, I don't know, like, uh, we should just, I don't know. A totally, <laughs> say, accurate, totally accurate, accurate war room. <laughs> totally accurate war commanders. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, talks. It needs talk. to have ti- It needs to have some time commanders in talks. there. Um, Total Tom, commanders. Tom, do you want to go and uh, make this game with me? I don't even think I'd be able to make John Quick, let alone this. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to make ble- hashtag blessed. And that's I can't, easiest remember, the, one I can't remember the name of the the guy who made John Quick. 
uh, and the Pyrian prototype for us. Uh, I can't Ni- remember. Is it Nicol- Nicholas something? Uh, oh, Nicholas, yeah, Nicholas maybe. Nicholas, if, if you're listening, yeah. uh, please, please, can you make a prototype of this as well? That's a bit <laughs> yeah, of a step up. This. That's a bit of a step up. Can you just make a uh, fully fledged uh, tabletop <laughs> RPG style? Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, CD Projekt Red, if you're listening, can you just uh, put this together for us? Um, yeah, I think that sounds like a good one. They're, 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 hey, they're not busy. Create a you're listening. Jo- Josh and I have got a list of stupid, dumb game ideas as well. Much, much like Tom's list. Um, what the hell? They're not what, stupid what, or dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not all of them, but we have a, a war room type game on there. So this is this is like bringing an idea that we thought about to life, oh, which is amazing. I see. I see. You have a war room idea on there now. Now, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I think we said now nah, we probably can't make it. <laughs> All right, well, so look out for like Catastrophic to. Overload's next game uh, yeah, coming twenty twenty two. Called uh, Talks. Totally accurate War Commanders <laughs> um, or whatever it was. Shane, thank you very much, aka King of Mushan. Uh, anyone else who's listening, if you have any more ideas that you want to send in, please send them in. We'd love to. We'd love to read them because mm. I think they provide us uh, an opportunity to not have uh, a game that is just going to be a roadlike or a deck slinger. But maybe we'll go back to one of those next time. <laughs> yeah, we've got a prerequisite if you do submit a pitch. Uh, four pages or less. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Four pages a was one, really a one pager. Um, But this happened to be yes. exceptional. So yeah, one sheet would be, would be amazing. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, until next time... Oh my god, the bell's just gone. I've got a parcel. Perfect, Perfect timing. timing. That's wow. See you guys later. <laughs> that ends the podcast. That's the bell. Podcast Bye. alarm. Goodbye. It's Alex's delivery of sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> Finally.